Season four, I don't know what episode we're on. I'm pretty sure we're in season four, though. Could be. Could it's be total four. total episode sixty four, according to the uh, whatever we record on. Ferrite. Ferrite was the word I was looking for. That's the name of the app we use to record. Ah. Took me a second. Well, it was a pretty eventful uh, week and couple weeks since our last one. It has been, indeed. Uh, I, I thought uh, I thought we might put off another another week. Earlier this week, I thought we might put off recording for just one more week if we're only doing once a month, but then a lot happened, and I felt like we needed to do one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really uh, have much. I've been pretty busy this week, but, uh, you know, lead us off. I'll just uh, chime in. Well, you know, I only... Uh, I only have stuff written down about one one thing, but a few of the other big stuff going on I think is tied to it and will lead. But I think the big story this week is Aaron O'Toole, who is gone from Conservative Party leader after 18 months. Fewer days as Conservative Party leader than uh, Rana Ambrose, and Rana Ambrose was an interim leader. What about Kim Campbell? <laughs> Maybe, uh, maybe more than Kim Campbell, but, uh, but different party. Wow. Well, ish. I, I, uh, you know what, and I was going to talk about this more later, but I will forever argue it is a different party because every other, like, the progressive conservatives, um, that have been in power, they, uh, they changed names a few times and their ideology evolved with time, but they were always the same party just sort of like adjusting and changing their own name whereas I would say the conservative party is different because it was two parties merging yeah and the one party the smaller party seemed to get the bigger say yes very much so well at the time which one was the smaller party yeah they were close I guess but um but uh anywho Aaron O'Toole, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, because it has a lot to do with the problems the Conservatives are facing right now. But Aaron O'Toole um, was voted out by members of his own caucus, MPs, during a leadership um, vote. 73 of 118 MPs voted to oust Aaron O'Toole. Wow. Now, he has 119 MPs, but uh, the chair of the caucus didn't vote because he was counting the votes. That's a lot. Yeah, it was not particularly close. A lot of people thought it was going to be close, and then in the end, it wasn't close. Now, apparently, um, he uh, um, made a speech to, like... Um, defend himself before this vote yeah and that speech supposedly put a lot of people who were going to vote to keep him into the voting to oust him column <laughs> because it didn't go as planned no it didn't because apparently you know the big criticism of Aaron O'Toole coming out of the election was that he flip-flopped and that made him lose and he um you know flip-flopped 
coming out of the leadership election into the leader, and that made him lose by being, uh, you know, by coming out with a conservative carbon tax, by uh, flipping on um, conscientious rights and guns during the election. Like, in the flip-flopping, it, it made him look bad, and a lot of the blame came uh, for their loss in the last election was placed on him for doing that. Um, and then apparently he made this speech, and it, the theme of the speech was um, basically, nothing's my fault, but I'll change. Just tell me how you want me to change, and I'll do it. Oh, that is lame. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of, uh, I've heard this a few times. That makes me feel um, sad for him. It is sad. Uh, like, at least, go, you know, if you think you're going to go out, go out with a bang. Like, your last speech should be about what your convictions are and what you believe, and you vote for me and you don't. Don't, yeah, say, don't go out begging. That's pathetic. Yeah, it is kind of pathetic. Um, and, you know, I, I heard one of the commentators, I've listened and read a lot about this since it happened. One of the commentators that I was listening to said, you know, you can flip-flop and win, and people will forgive you, and you can hold firm to your principles and lose, and people will forgive you, but if you flip-flop and lose, that's no one's going to forgive you. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's gone. This was after a vote um, uh, based on something... It's never happened before that a leader has been ousted this way because it uh, was introduced during the to the Reform Act, which was actually something introduced by uh, Michael Chong in 2013. And it allows for, at the first caucus meeting after an election, MPs can vote as to whether or not they want to take certain powers for themselves or divest it in their leader. And um, the Conservatives, after this election, voted to take it for themselves for the first time ever. I think they're the first party to have done that. And uh, and that allowed them to hold this vote to oust their leader. Um, yeah, you know, Aaron O'Toole, before the vote, was saying that this was a move by the social conservative elements of his party because... They didn't like that he made them give unanimous consent to pass um, the ban on conversion therapy. Um, and uh, a lot of people, that apparently didn't fly well with people because they were like, well, no, this isn't what this is about. This is a wider criticism and it's legitimate criticism. And, you know, I, I think the blame game probably didn't win him any allies either. Because, you know, yeah. you can... He probably had supporters who were like, yeah, you need to learn, but you can learn, and we can do better. But then when, you know, not showing a willingness to accept that I have faults, but let's go forward and I'll try to be better, uh, that's not going to win you any friends. No, he just should have come out and said, whatever his, whatever his beliefs are, whether he's super far right or whether he's more moderate, which kind of looks like he is. Just come yeah. out and say that. Just come out and say, listen, this is what I believe our party should be doing going forward. If you believe me, if you believe in that, vote for me. If you don't, don't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, he, he, uh, so now, now there's going to be a conservative leadership race. Um, and there is now, I guess, a precedent in the conservative party 
or you get one and done. If you can't win an election, we're getting rid of you, yeah. which is not a great precedent to set. Well, the thing is, you like name recognition probably shouldn't mean anything, but it does. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it does. Right. And, so and just like know, just like a movie, right? Something with Tom Cruise in it is going to get more people going to see it than something with someone you never heard of. Yeah. Very even much if, so. Even if it's not as good a movie. A hundred percent. So that's, it, it, it's a short-sighted, it's, you know, and it's not good for the party in any way because leadership races are expensive and this is going to be their second one in less than two years. They should just plan the next one. Just, yeah. You could probably get exactly. discounts on things. Like, <laughs> we're going to have one now, we're going to have one in a couple of years. So can we get like a two-for-one deal? Yeah, honestly. Uh, it, and it shows like the cracks in the party and it you know is going to breed divisions like it's just not a good thing to be doing this all the time especially not in a minority parliament where you know if the liberals are feeling nasty they could call an election right before the conservative leadership race or right after if the leader's only a month old people have no idea who they, he is you know like this that could happen yeah it, it, I doubt they will. No, they um, just had an election. They they might yeah. lose if they called another election. Yeah, but but it still is an unstable situation. Um, and you don't... Well, while you can be pretty confident you're not going to have an election, they're aiming to have the uh, a permanent leader by the fall, is what the Conservative Party is saying. Um, and I doubt there'll be an election before then, or even near then. Because less than a year out, there's no reason for it to happen. Yeah. Um, but still, it, it, it's not it's not solid. You don't know for a fact you have four years to figure this out. No. Because there's not a government, like, they're just going to be entrenched. And like we said um, in the last leadership convention, to win this thing, you you need to appeal to the far right. And then that's used against you for the next election. Well, yeah, and, and you know, Aaron O'Toole tried to have it both ways. He tried to play to the far right and then swing to the center for the, um, for the... General. General. And he was. He was, it was used against him, uh, and he was called a hypocrite, and it cost him in his own party. Yeah. He, he couldn't, is it, part of the reason why he lost, um is because he became too much of a centrist. But I also don't think you can win being a far-right party. I don't think you can win majority. No, you can't. And this is the problem that the Conservatives will have again and again. Now, the next leader may be a bit lucky because, uh, you know, the next election, whenever it is, will be... Justin Trudeau's fourth election. It's tough to win for. When take a guess, when do you think the last time that happened was? Somebody won four elections? Yep. Uh probably like Mackenzie King or something? Well, okay, well here's the thing. Um there's been a few few many there's actually been a few prime ministers who have won four elections. But how many do you think have won... Uh, when was the last time you think somebody won four in a row? Has it ever happened? Yes, it has. Twice. 
Uh, four in a row. Uh, I don't know. I'll say the same thing. Mackenzie King. Wilfred Laurier. Holy cow. And the person who did it, the other person who did it, Johnny McDonald's. I was going to go McDonald's, and I'm like, eh, if there's been it twice, then it's got to be someone later than him. Yeah, no. It was, it was Johnny McDonald and Wilfred Laurier, the only two people in Canadian history who have... And was it like um, the first eight elections? Uh, in, under Johnny McDonald, it was up there, yeah. Um, so it's it, it's unlikely you know you see the liberals have an expiration date um, which also you know that leads me to believe that uh, Justin Trudeau might step down before the last next election and if if they get a new leader that might reinvigorate them but um, but if not you know I, I think the conservatives could win the next election based solely on being a party that is, you know, defined as a potential winner and not being the Liberals. Yeah, potentially. Um, But I think they would struggle to get a majority. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Justin's won the three in a row, but not... He's not twelve years in, you know what I mean? Yes, that yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, it, it, but I do think people are getting a little tired of Justin Trudeau, nonetheless. Oh yeah. Oh. No and doubt. by the time by the time the next election, let's you know let's let's call it eighteen months. Let's call it eighteen months till the next election because your average minority lasts eighteen to twenty four months. So let's say eighteen months. That'll put us in the middle of twenty twenty three. Late 2023? Yeah. So that'll be 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. That's eight, eight going on nine years. Yeah, that's really just two elections. Yeah, but that's how long Stephen Harper was in power. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Right? Stephen Harper was also two minorities and a majority. He just did it in the reverse of Justin Trudeau. It also depends on what happens around the world in the next few years. You know, if... if if we can get out of this, if we can get out of COVID and get rid of masks and, you know, I think there'll be a, a general boost in people's moods. Yes, that's true. And then he probably has a better shot. Um, if we're still mired in the same wave after wave wearing masks everywhere. I went to Canadian Tire today and it's just like, I, I can, it, it's hard to remember when you could walk in a store without a mask on. Yeah, I, I, I find it uh, extraordinarily strange watching people in a TV show walk into a public building without putting on a mask. Yeah, it's been too long. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's... I get it, but man, oh man. Gotta do something. I mean, it's not him. He can't do anything. But other than maybe vaccinate some third world people, but other than that. Yeah. So, so the leadership race. So conservatives can be in a leadership race. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be a very um, important one for the party. Um, Does Michael Chong have a shot? No, I don't think so. He was close in the uh, last one, wasn't he? Well, he 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 placed in I think the top five, but he wasn't. I mean, he didn't run in the last one. He ran in the one oh, before that. Right, I understand right, why right. you confused them. They were so close together. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> but, right. uh, you know, so it, it, I, I don't see many moderates looking at what just happened and saying, I want to run. But that's what they need. They need a moderate that comes out as a, a old school PC moderate. And, and I think the, I mean, maybe not, maybe now the bigger portion of the party is right wing. I don't know, but well, it's, it'll be interesting. And, um, you know, I, I heard, uh, some people saying that this is going to be the conservative race, the conservative leadership race, where the party defines itself, and they they haven't been clear on what they want. And the response I've heard to that is they have been clear what they want. Um, you know, who came out uh, in, in the second to last leadership race? Who were the top two? Maxime Bernier, who is, you know, Maxime Bernier, and Andrew Scheer, who was you know, while more mild-mannered than Maxime Bernier, he was a reform supporter, a, a Canadian Alliance supporter, anti-abortion, anti-gay, you know, railed against gay marriage back in the day. Um, uh, Andrew Scheer, they picked a social conservative leader. And then even in the last election, yes, O'Toole was more of a moderate, but he was, he played in that election to the right of Peter McKay, and he came in, and he ended up winning, but also Leslin Lewis, the, who ran as the staunch social conservative, uh, placed a strong second, coming first in Saskatchewan in the first or second ballot. Yeah. So the it, people are saying the Conservative Party, the members have been clear what they want. They want a right-wing leader, not a center-right leader, a right-wing leader. And that may be true. And if they elect a right-wing leader, they might be able to rope in the 5% of the populace that voted for Maxime Bernier's party in the last election. But they'll, I think, lose a lot more people on the other end. You'd think so. Unless the people just vote for PC because they're PCs. But you think you think you'd lose more than five percent if you're hard right, at least in Ontario and Quebec. And that's all that matters, pretty much. Like I, not to be, you know, um, and Aaron O'Toole, I think, was on the right path yeah. towards a conservative victory because he recognized I can lose ten percent support in Alberta and lose maybe two seats from that but if I gain that 10% in Ontario I can pick up 20 to 30 yeah and that that's the way it is that is correct The cons- but that base is the conservative party member voting base and they want to elect a leader who is going to play to their right wing beliefs and that's not going to sell in Ontario isn't there? Is there just not as many registered Ontario Conservatives? Um, pro- there, there's a, probably not. I don't think so. Or there may be more, but uh, they don't bother voting. But you know the. But there may be more. But they might be more moderate. But if you remember the last election, every riding constituency is weighted the same. Right. 
So it's not right? votes, so, it's winning the riding. It doesn't matter how many votes you get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now that actually is changing to a degree. And this is interesting, I think, because um, the Conservative Party has changed the rules. You know, every riding got 100 points, no matter what. That was how it was weighted. But now, um, I, I think it's if your riding has less than 100 registered members, um, you get uh, 30 points, I believe. Well, that... Uh That'll make Ontario and Quebec worth a lot more. I, you know, maybe it may be Ontario, but not Quebec. Quebec, the Conservatives don't do well in Quebec. And I'm they sure have lots of registered members, though. It's still got a huge population. What I've read and heard is that a lot of Quebec constituencies don't have that many registered members. Really? Yeah. And, uh,. And that, I think, is going to be a problem because... You just assume with the population there's going to be more than 100. Like, that's, in, 100 yeah, isn't but, very many. But, but, like, I'm sure there is more than 100 in, in a lot of um, urban seats, but the rural seats, not so much. And, uh, and, and even the suburban seats, you know. Like, there's so, Quebec, there's so many heavily um, liberal and then block... Uh, right. Areas yeah. that I, I'm not I'm not too surprised. The Conservatives have been struggling in Quebec since you know the Bloc was founded by uh, Lucien Bouchard, who was a cabinet minister in Brian Mulroney's government. Yeah, it was founded by mostly progressive conservatives and a few liberals. So they they took a lot of the conservative vote out of Quebec and actually turned it into a center left vote because the Bloc is now more of a socially democratic environmentalist party ish um, but but that's that that's kind of goes to my point is that the conservatives in Quebec are moderate conservatives and uh, that's gonna make it hard for the uh, a moderate to be elected right now let's now who now you know now we're talking about the people uh, these theoretics who's who's running we don't know who is running for sure. Um, lots of big names came right out of the gate ahead of any of the curve to say they're not going to run, <laughs> um, such as Brad Wall, former Premier of Saskatchewan, Lisa Raitt, who was deputy leader under Andrew Scheer and who lost her seat in 2019, and Rona Ambrose really? said not going to run. I, I, now, yeah, in my mind, Rona Ambrose is the only person who I know, you know, maybe there's some miracle worker in the woodwork who we don't know about yet, but of the names of people who are speculated, Rana Ambrose is the only person in my mind who could both unify both the party's wings and potentially win a majority government. Yeah. Only person. And, and, and my feeling of that is because I'm, I'm very left-wing and I wouldn't vote for her, but I like her. Yeah, I do, and I, I and uh, that's and and she will appeal to a lot of moderate voters. She will make a lot of moderate voters feel safe, while also making a lot of right wing voters feel safe. Um, but she's not running. The two, the three big names 
the the top person, the three big names of people who might run. The top person and the heavy favorite is a man named Pierre Polyev. Do you know do you know who he is? No. He's the current finance critic. He's an MP from outside of Ottawa. He's called the conservative bulldog because of how vicious he is in question period. Um, he coined the conservatives' new favorite phrase, which is um, that Canadians are getting just inflation. Just inflation, Justin Trudeau. It's hilarious. Um, uh, so he's he coined that. Uh, he's very aggressive in the House of Commons. Um, he was one of the first conservative MPs, before Aaron O'Toole had said anything, he was one of the first conservative MPs to go out and talk to the convoy truckers that are sieging Ottawa right now. Right. Um, you know, taking selfies, buying them pizza. He's been very supportive of the convoy. Um, he's not too, as far as I can tell, he's not very socially conservative, but is still pretty hard right wing. He's not like a fierce defender of, of the socially liberal side. Very anti-carbon tax, um, very pro-gun rights, um, so uh, he is a person who I think could win. I think he could get the support of the right wing as well as some moderates. He's because of how aggressive he is with the liberals. A lot of conservative party members like him. Right. So he could win. He could win this. He could run away with it. I think he could be a first ballot win, uh, depending on who else runs. And the other the other thing is you could you like you said Justin's been around a long time, you could probably win an election without much of a platform other than going after the liberals. Probably, um, Doug Ford did it exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like it, yeah. after a long after a long governorship, it doesn't take a lot to people are you know. After so long of anybody, they're just fed up with them. Like, they do something yeah, to piss everybody off over... You know what I mean? Yeah, it just happens. Yeah. Um, the thing with Pierre Polyev, though, is I don't know that his sort of aggressive, vicious attacks would play well to the moderate, non-party member Canadian public. You know? if Because as much as it is policy... It's also a personality game. Yeah. And if he comes off no, as I, mean, I, I don't think you could in the first or maybe the second election, but because it's the fourth, you, you might be able to get away with it. That's, that was my point. Yes, no, absolutely. And, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won, um, but I think it would make it harder for the Conservatives to win. But also, if he did, I don't think it would be a majority. You also don't need you don't need to attack him personally. There's plenty of policy. Oh yes, but and but still, you know, the tone I think is is important. And if you just come off as angry all the time, um, I don't think it'll it'll play well either. But I, still, still could win. But I don't think a majority. Right. Um. But, you know, I think it's going to be hard for any party to win a majority anytime soon. Yeah, it makes it tough with the NDPs sort of uh, getting a little bit of steam behind them. Yep. And, and to be frank, um, 
it makes it tough for the liberals because a conservative party that looks weak, as this party does, and it doesn't even matter how they come out of the gate with this election because they can be attacked for, you know, years now. Yeah, for their leader next week. Yeah, being unstable and, like, this is now, um, like, a tradition amongst conservatives and they, they've, they've opened themselves up to be attacked for this for years. Um, Going to the leader con- leadership convention next year again? Yep. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. Um, so a, weakened, a conservative party that looks weak is good for the NDP because they get the left-wing liberal voters who vote liberal to keep out conservatives. But if the conservatives don't look like they can form a government, yeah. that's great then they're not going to vote liberal. So I don't see a majority government in anyone's future. Um, but Pierre Polyev, another another person whose name has been floated around, which is interesting, Patrick Brown. Ugh. Patrick Brown, current mayor of Brampton, um, former leader of the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario. Um, yeah, and went as, out under scandal. Sorry? Like he had to leave because of a scandal. Yes. Uh... uh I don't remember the details, but it was affiliated with the Me Too movement. Yeah. Um, now, fair, fair enough, he was never taken to court, it was never proven in court, anything like that, but still, do you want... Well, like, yeah. Like, it could be. You know what I mean? Yes, very much. No, I, I think it's a bad choice. If all of a sudden you're the leader win. of a party, you could be put out, you know what I mean? Like, it could be yeah. easily brought up again. I, I don't think he'll run, though. And if he does... I think um, he'll lose because when he was leader of the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario, he was moderate, pro-carbon tax, really like a Michael Chong type. And we just had Aaron O'Toole who came out with a conservative version of a carbon tax that wasn't a carbon tax, but it was similar. And his party ate him alive. And his party ate him alive. So Patrick Brown is not going to win running on that centrist platform. See, this is, but this is where I think, I think you can. I think you can, and you need to invigorate the PC members that don't vote for the leadership. The only people that vote for the leadership, really, I think, are the ones that are like hard line, right? If you come out and you make a good solid case, it's like... Like like how Obama won, he got people that don't normally to vote, don't normally vote to vote. So that's what you have to do as a down the center. Say, listen, this is how we beat Justin Trudeau. This is how we become relevant again. You know what I mean? We 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 do those things that Patrick Barron was talking about, like the things that most, quite frankly, most Canadians I think want. Like it it's shown because liberals win over and over again, last three times with just a little bit more fiscal responsibility than, than the Liberals, which is tough to do during the pandemic, granted, but, but uh, you know what I mean? And then you get the people that are like, yeah, you know what, I can get behind that, and the people that don't normally vote come out and vote. I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong, but then you're going to lose the reform. Fine. Uh, way of the never, party. You're never going to win with them anyway. Yeah, well... But if, if you look at, uh, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, you can't win without them. 
well, this is the. It's tough. To, it's tougher to win without them. But I think it's possible to win without them. I, I think. I. I, I think. And I don't think you'll lose. And I don't think you'll lose all of them. You might lose another five or six percent to the PPC, but I don't think you lose all of them. Probably not. At least not right away. You're right. Um, I, it's possible, but I don't know. After how they chewed up and spit out Aaron O'Toole for being more moderate, but I don't think it I can be Patrick see, Brown. Yeah, but I don't see many people this time wanting to run as a moderate. Maybe next time. Maybe next year after this year's leadership <laughs> convention, but maybe not right away. Um, and then the other name that's of course being thrown out is Peter McKay. Peter McKay is still paying off his debts from the last leadership election. I don't know how anxious he'll be. To jump in. He just needs a GoFundMe. Maybe you can get some of that GoFundMe money from the trucker thing that got canned by GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah, he could use it. But this is the this is the big problem, I think. They ousted O'Toole without um, a big pool of talent of people who could take him over. Pierre Polyev has been floated for a long time. He's long, for the past few weeks, he has been favored to lead the party over O'Toole amongst CPC members and voters. But um, but still, that's one person. And, uh, and what if he chooses not to run? Um, and what if he's unpopular? Like, I feel like in a leadership race, you want a diversity of opinions to weigh multiple options. Yeah. Um, whereas if Polyev just runs away with it, does anybody really know what they're getting? It'll be interesting to watch. Um, I, I think it's uh, it might they might be able to convince a few people to run by saying, "Hey, Justin Trudeau's expiration date's coming up. The odds of winning a fourth election is slim. Uh, you know, you want to be leader's PPC, you have a good shot at being prime minister." But also, you know, it could be like could be like how uh, Joe Clark was prime minister. Yeah, maybe not be very long. Um, the uh, but still, he was prime minister. He's got his name in the prime minister suite. His picture in the prime minister suite. Yeah, right, right along Kim Campbell. Yes. Um, Actually, they have to share a picture. <laughs> Just like top half is Joe, the bottom half is Kim. <laughs> Just in one frame. Um. Yeah, so uh, when Azotul was leaving in his uh, uh, resignation speech, um, he said, uh, ideology without power is vanity. Seeking power without ideology is hubris. And this was sort of his argument of bringing the party together. Um, They... You just they they have two parties crammed into one, and, and that is forever going to be their problem. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Like, there's something to be said, I think, for a big tent party with straw, but with with like a center, it, some central issues that they can gather around. But the CPC sure low taxes quote unquote small government but really what do they stand for they are a party formed on let's beat the liberals that's not that's not an ideology that's not a rallying idea that's not a governing idea yeah it's two parties that are put together just to beat one 
that had yeah. that were not. I mean, the reason that the form was so po- popular at West was because it wasn't the conservative. Like it was took a more hard line and issues that the conservatives didn't. Yeah, and uh, they, they will. For, they are going to continue to have these conflicts. It's kind of bizarre. Still- how the, sorry, it's kind of bizarre how the country, like on the East Coast, they're you know liberal and that, and it's kind of gets a little bit more as you go in, but it's still liberal until you get to Manitoba, and then it starts to change. And then you got the middle provinces where you got the hard right wing, and then you got BC, and it's back to being very liberal again. Like I don't yeah. know, it's bizarre. It 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 has to do. It must have to do with the industries that, that are in the each. In yeah, the, well, it's you know, it's it's natural resources in the middle, and then it's things like tech and service and all that on the fringes. Yeah. Yeah, although the coasts, the the east coast is is like fishing. It's a natural resource, kind of. Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. That's true. The east coast is interesting. The east coast is so like moderate. Like they elect moderate conservatives and then like some centrist liberals. You know, the NDP has long struggled to gain in the in the. Uh, East Coast, and the only times they can is when they win um, in St. John's or Halifax. Yeah, the big populations. Yeah, exactly. Um, in in New Brunswick and Prince Edward Island, provincially, the Green Party is larger than the NDP. Yeah, that's weird. It's so it's very strange. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be the conservative problem forever. Um, I also thought it was interesting O'Toole in his uh, exit speech tied the conservatives to the PCs. He's like, ours was the party of John Diefenbaker and the Bill of Rights and the first female prime minister and, uh, you know, listing off all these big conservative, progressive conservative prime ministers. And then he threw in Stephen Harper at the end and made like a vague comment about like his good decorum on the world stage. Like, like, he listed, like, concrete achievements like Brian Mulroney and NAFTA, John Diefenbaker's Bill of Rights, first female prime minister, and also Stephen Harper, and... It was really nice. Who people yeah. liked. Who, and, which is also, by the way, not true. <laughs> he was not popular on the world stage. The only world leader who liked him was George W. Bush, and that's saying something. That's all they care about is, are we like, do the Americans like us? It's like Big Brother Syndrome. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it's interesting... What I found interesting is that he made no ties to the Reform Party. Well, it was really, what have they, other than the merger, what, what did they do? What did. Well, he clearly was okay making, like, vague um, comments about leaders, so he could have mentioned the advocation for the West or, you know, men, like, I don't know, he could have come up with something, but he really tried to tie the party to the progressive conservatives, I found, which. I just want to say they're not the progressive conservatives. They're very much not. If he was trying to take them that way, I think they should have kept him in power because that's the way you're going to win again. But anyway. Yeah. Um, It's also interesting to note the Conservative Party has... um, Now, there's two ways to look at this. The Conservative Party has never won. They've never broken 40% of the vote. Like, in a general election, they've never got 40% of the vote. Um, which was something that was fairly 
common to do uh, when you won government right back in the day but uh, also there was nobody... no block sorry there was no block before yeah well that's the thing nobody has won 40% of the vote since 2000 although Justin Trudeau came less than a percentage point in 2015 um, you know Stephen Harper best conservative election result won uh, 30, 39.62 in 2011, so that's pretty close. And Justin Trudeau won uh, 39.47, so that's pretty close. So nobody's broken 40% in 2000, uh, in, in the... 2000s. Yeah. Um, actually, well, in 2000, Cretchen did it, but nobody's done it since. Okay. Um... So that might not be... I thought that was an interesting note, but that, that might just not be in the modern political cards. I think you could if you had a... Like a... You know, Cretchen, as much as... He was a good... He was a good... He, he was able to speak and, and uh, you know, sway the population. He was a good speaker. Yeah. You couldn't understand what he was saying a lot of the time, but if you did, it was <laughs> a good speaker. He had a heavy um, accent. Yes, yes, I, I, I've heard him speak. He does have a heavy accent. Um, so that's a tool. That's the the leadership potential leadership election. So where's the Conservative Party sitting at right now? Well, they elected Candace Bergen as interim leader. Um, she ran for interim leader after Stephen Harper's resignation, lost to Ron Ambrose. Um, she was deputy leader. She was O'Toole's deputy leader, um, and now she is interim leader. Uh, she's out of Manitoba. Her riding is the one that the PPC saw the largest gain in. She, um, the uh, Maxine Bernier's PPC came in second in Candace Bergen's riding. Not a close second. She still won it handily, but like over 50% of the vote, but down 18 points. Um, from her pre her past election, uh, she uh, she was never a Canadian Alliance Reform MP, but that's where she got her start in politics, working for the Canadian Alliance, um, sort of reform wing. But uh, as far as I can tell, is uh, still fairly socially liberal. Um, her first question to the government during question period was. Um, when are you going to go out and make peace with the trucker convoy? Um, and quick sidebar for anyone who doesn't know about the trucker convoy, um, a bunch of, uh, well, not even trucker convoy, the so-called freedom convoy was, uh, supposedly about, um, mandates, uh, for vaccine mandates, there used to be an exemption for truckers crossing the border um, that they didn't have to be fully vaccinated. Um, that exemption is now gone. They do have to be fully vaccinated. And so supposedly truckers who were against this organized a massive convoy to drive across the country to Ottawa um, and lay siege to Ottawa until this mandate is gone. That was how it supposedly began. That is not what it is. That isn't really how it began because the original funders, the original organizers are 
um, far-right white nationalist Nazis um, uh, that ilk. Um, the big trucker associations of Canada have come out against the convoy. Um, close to 90% of all truckers are vaccinated, double vaccinated. Uh, so it's a small minority who aren't. And this is, this is people who are just against vaccine mandates um, in general. Uh, but also, you look at the pictures, there are people carrying Canadian flags with swastikas, people calling for our, quote, own January 6th event. There are people there saying that they're not going to leave until the governor general dissolves parliament and uh, a new uh, election is installed. Um, people there who are calling for the government to be tried for crimes like against humanity um, and thrown in jail. Uh, they are honking, laying down their horns and their big trucks and their cars and everything uh, pretty much 24-7. So the city of Ottawa is getting pretty fed up with it. Um, and, uh, and it's all stupid because the Americans have the same rule. So if this succeeded, if they had everything they wanted, they would still have to be double-vaxxed to cross the border because the Americans have the same rule. Well, that's the part that I don't get. I, I mean, whenever you get a protest, you're going to get a f people that maybe shouldn't have... I mean, I, I haven't really gone to a source to look at who started it. I, I definitely think you should have the right to protest. Yes. Um, so, you know, go, go for it. Uh, but, but, and I did see the pictures of the swastikas, and I don't, I, are they trying to say that's what they want, or that's what Canada is? I don't uh, quite get I believe, that. Sorry? I don't quite get that. Like, are they... I don't think they're saying that's what Canada is. I think, I thought that, that's what they're saying. That's what it is. Like, it is like the Nazis. No, I don't think so. Oh, that's what I thought it was. That's how I thought it was, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I I don't know who they are. I haven't really looked yeah. at it. I don't know. But either way, it's not the not the not the not the not what you really want at a protest where you're trying to get something. Um, you know, have and then I think uh, also they were there was a film of people sort of making fun of indigenous cultures, which is yes. not protesting. That's just bullying. So, uh, you know what else is isn't protesting? Uh, desecrating a Terry Fox memorial and dancing on the tomb of the unknown soldier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's just some stuff. Now, you know, you can't control everybody. Obviously, even the protests that, uh, you know, followed the other, the, the, you know, where they were burning down buildings and stuff. That's not great either. It's not a great look either, right? But no, it's uh, there's always going to be an element that that doesn't, you know, they just want to they just want to fight. They don't. Oh, there's going to be a protest? I'm going, because there's going to be a fight, right? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't really heard too many people come out. But then the organizers of the protest really have to come out against that. And I haven't heard I, that. They won't, because the organizers are for it. The, yeah, the which is, organizers, the they problem. piggybacked on this small group of truckers who are unhappy about the mandate. And this is this is what they want. This is what they believe in. You look at the money, white nationalist, Islamophobic, extremist groups. Yeah, well, then, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's not great, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> and so much money 
from shadow donors, anonymous donors that GoFundMe had to shut it down, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. They were like, this is too suspicious. And, um, and, and Santos, the governor, is looking into that. He's like, you can't tell us where, you can't stop us from putting our money where we want to or something. Probably. Anyway. Um, so that's, that's, the, that's the big problem there. Um, I, you, you, the mayor of Ottawa is pushing the police to do more. The police are just like ticketing a few people and they're like, oh, there's not much we can do. Uh, Doug Ford has been like silent on all of it. Well, no, yeah. What's he going to say? Well, it's happening in his province. No, I know, but he's, these people voted for him. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Um, he can't come out and, for it, and he can't. He he can't come out against it. Yeah. Now, ultimately, uh, I if it was a peaceful protest, or if the organizers were trying to say, you know, get these people under control that are doing these extreme things, I'd be like, knock your socks off, honking your horn all night. Yeah. Well, if you live in Ottawa, that might happen every once in a while because I don't have a problem with that. But the other stuff, you you got to shut it down if you're. If, if you really want your protest to have any effect, because right now what they what you're seeing is, uh, you know, it, it's taking away from their cause, not adding to it. The original cause. Well, yeah. And and you're right. And it is dumb because I heard the same thing. It doesn't you still need to be double vaccinated to get into the States. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. And um. You know, other things from this protest, um, healthcare workers have been harassed on the streets and have been told to try to disguise the fact that they're healthcare workers in order to, when they go home, so they're not followed home. Why are they harassing healthcare workers? Because, because health, because they're blaming healthcare workers for vaccine mandates and supporting the pandemic. It doesn't make sense, but they're associated with health which is what these people seem to be protesting. Um, MPs have also been told to, MPs and their families have been told to be extra careful um, because they might have their homes vandalized or attacked. And the mayor of Ottawa has very reluctantly, um, either the mayor of Ottawa or the police chief there, has, very, has, has come out and basically said, uh, civilians may not want to wear masks on the street uh, for fear of being harassed or attacked by protesters. Wow, it's absurd. That yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of that. I think yeah, protest. If you want to protest the masks, protest the masks. But if somebody wants to wear them, what you're protesting is the right to have a choice. So yeah. if you want to make that protest, make that protest. If you're harassing someone with a mask. That's the same thing as saying you have to wear a mask, and then you're not. You know, it, it's the opposite of what you're protesting. You're protesting the right to choice. This person chooses to wear a mask. Leave him alone. Yeah, and let's just say how fast, how fast were the RCMP brought in during the very disruptive but peaceful protests uh, of Indigenous people at Wet'suwet'en, the Micmac fisheries. Or the rail blockades in the past two years. Well, the cops are there. The Ottawa cops are there. The RCMP. It's not like the RCMP is the National Guard or something. When the RCMP were brought in in those cases because they don't have local police forces. Well, the RCMP was brought in with like 
They are the police in that area. Yes, but, okay, sure, but the RCMP were still, they went in, military-grade equipment, and forcefully broke up the protests because they were, quote, too disruptive. And they were disruptive, but they were peaceful. They weren't threatening anybody. Yeah, they shouldn't have done that. They weren't... They, they, nobody's livelihood or lives were being threatened. Nobody was being harassed. There was no risk to anybody personally. There was no violence. There was no disrespect like that we're seeing at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, Terry Fox. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Was there anything there to disrespect? Like, they're in the middle of nowhere, a lot of these protests. They weren't downtown Ottawa. Either way. No, but if there was a if there was a statue of Terry Fox there, you don't know what would have happened. Okay, sure. Yeah, we don't know. But those protests, the rail blockades, the one in BC, Micmac across the country have always been peaceful. Yes, for the most they part. I mean, I mean, for the most part, there was a couple that. There was, wasn't there some that maybe that was going back a little farther where there was I'm trying to think of the one where there was like a lot of guns and stuff somewhere around here I think but anyway it doesn't matter I don't I don't recall but I, either way they weren't as you know uh, horrible as this one is in Ottawa you know nobody's people nobody, people weren't saying be careful on the street don't wear a mask on the street because you might get attacked and and the police were brought in. And it was dispersed so much faster. Yeah, right that's now, true. That's true. Ottawa, and that's wrong. Yes. And the only thing the Ottawa police are doing is they're ticketing people. No, and, and yeah, it, yeah. I mean, you're right. If you're if that's the precedent, they should break it. They should be. It should have been broken up a while ago. But they shouldn't have broken up those protests. I agree. I agree uh, with that point. They shouldn't have broken up those protests. Um, oh. I just I'm pointing out the double standard. Yeah, oh, there's definitely for, a double. Uh, yeah, there's a double standard. Yeah, indigenous people Absolutely. versus. Absolutely, there's a double standard. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah. Um. So this has been a this is this is a bit of a sticky issue with the conservatives as well because you have a lot of conservatives who are um, ignoring it. A lot of them are passively supporting it. As I said, interim leader Candace Bergen, her first question was. You know, the government needs to extend... When is the government going to extend an olive branch and go out and negotiate with the protesters? No. Never. No. I hope. No, 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 it's not a bit... No, I don't think so. And we should do another one next week, maybe just on this, but I gotta go, so... <laughs> I just want to say one more thing, yeah. very quickly. Um, a Conservative Party senator over the ousting of O'Toole and now the convoy, Conservative Party senator from Nunavut, uh, just left the party. Um and is joining a moderate uh, independent, the Canadian Senators Group. Uh, and a Quebec MP Conservative Party came out and uh, said that he's against the convoy and that they've been under siege. So cracks already in the Conservative Party. They're in a pinch. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy what's going on. Um, yeah. yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I, we're going to do... I'll do the... Uh, the goodbye right now as well because jeans we're going shop we got to go shopping mom just got home so all right i got a bail and uh you know uh i, I gotta say uh we got you know wordle is pretty fun 
Wordle's very fun. I love Wordle. <laughs> yeah, I've got no ones, no twos, five threes, five fours, two fives, no sixes. I have, I have one two. I've only I know had... that. I got, I, I got one two. I was very proud of that. Um, I have zero ones, one two, six threes, eight fours, six fives, and four sixes. I have no sixes yet, but uh, uh, I haven't. Oh I, I've only done twelve. I keep forgetting. <laughs> I wish my it wasn't that. And I'm sure it won't be free much longer now that the New York Times has bought it, so I won't play anymore once I pay for it. But Oh, I won't either. It was fun while it lasted. Yeah. And you can tell Gene's here because uh, the dogs are going crazy. <laughs> Alrighty. Talk okay. at you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. And in the end...